Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, July 6th. I'm J.E. Skeets, and joining us, thanks to the power of Zoom, Tass Mellis. Hi, Athletic Network. Hey, Tassie. We got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. <laughs> and last but not least, making the magic happen, is J.D. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Guys, email us your NBA questions and your comments to nodunksattheathletic.com. We'll be hitting the beach a little later this week, so get your cues and your comments in. Follow us on social media, Twitter, and Instagram, at nodunksinc. And you know we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nodunksinc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. Before we tackle today's NBA news, Lee, uh... (laughs) You heard from NBA Jam legend Brad Lowhouse's son over the weekend. Please share that story. Yes, I did. Uh, well, you interviewed uh, the author of the book, NBA Jam, last week, and then you asked me who my favorite team was, and I said it was the Milwaukee Bucks combo of Brad Lowhouse and uh, Blue Edwards, and mm-hmm. it wasn't the most popular choice, but... A listener out there, Graham Wood, said uh, he sent me a message via Instagram and said, I am teammates with Brad Lowhouse's son, Tanner Lowhouse, and had him listen to the most recent Beach Steppen podcast. This was his reply. So this is Tanner Lowhouse, Brad's son. He says, uh, that's pretty sick, not going to lie. Fun fact of the day for you. My dad broke Hakeem Olajuwon's ribs when he dunked on him so hard. <laughs> Taking that dub isn't unheard of. Incredible. I, I tried to find that dunk. I couldn't find it, unfortunately, but uh, that would have been a great little uh, a great little button for that story. But yeah, so great to know that uh, Tanner Lohas is out there and, uh, and knows that Brad gets a little bit of grief, I think, for being an NBA champ. But yep. hey, listen, he was in the inaugural edition, man. That's like historic, if you ask me. He's in the NBA for crying out loud. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Who is my dad playing the NBA? Jeez. He had a much longer career than I realized, too. About 11 seasons in the end. He bounced around a lot, but, uh, you know, hey, 11 years in the NBA, not bad. So you couldn't find the clip, though, of Brad Lowhouse dunking no. on Akeem Olajuwon. So no. maybe if, if any listener out there knows anything more about this dunk or you have somehow you have the footage, yeah, get it to us. If, if there's another son of Brad Lowhouse out there that has the <laughs> clip, let us know. The, uh, the funny thing is I did, you know, a YouTube Brad Lowhouse. There's not a ton of clips out there, but yeah. there's, one says, uh, there's one that says that he blocks Michael Jordan. I'm like, oh, okay, well, oh. I want to check this one out. And uh, and he does block Michael Jordan, but it's a, it's a pretty uh, standard, just sort of big, long guy blocks a guy who goes into the paint. So... Uh, uh, it's not like Jordan goes up and tries to cram it on him right. and he stuffs him. It's more just like Jordan's a little bit off balance and he sort of gets up there and blocks his shot. So Again, great. I have to say, has Dickie ever blocked Michael Jordan's <laughs> no. shot, even if it wasn't a dunk attempt? No. No, he has not. No. All right. Is Brad Lowhouse Lee's father? <laughs> Is Brad Lowhouse Dickie? Wow. Do a deep dive on that someday. All right. Well, I love that little story to get started here on a Monday. Um, we got NBA news. We got actually quite a bit to talk about here. The first thing, guys, the Bucks and the Sacramento Kings shut down their practice facilities on Sunday um, after receiving coronavirus test results. So it sounds like both these teams are just going to keep their gyms closed here for any sort of like, you know, workouts until the teams travel this week to Orlando. As of Monday morning here, what this is now six of the 22 teams. Um, Mark, you know, Stein, Mark Stein said seven. He snuck the Phoenix Suns in there. Oh, okay, okay. Quiet so, yeah, little that, report. Okay, that's fair. Six or seven, you're right, um, of these yeah, home market mini camps uh, by the NBA teams have been shut down. You got the Nuggets, the Heat, the Clippers, the Nets, who then reopened. You're right, the Suns, you can slip in there, and then now the Kings and the Bucks. Um, all closed facilities because members uh, or a member, we don't know sometimes in some cases how many people tested positive for uh, COVID-19. Look, Taz, let's just start with you. What was your uh, reaction to all of these closures here? Ramping up your concern of everybody heading to Orlando or sort of what maybe you expected to happen and let's not freak out too much until everybody is safe and in the bubble and then if it happens there, then we got a whole problem. What do you think? Well, of course, when you hear the words virus and shutdown, Twitter and social media is going to explode. Uh, But I think the NBA factored this in when they thought about all the cities ramping up and that those people would not be coming to the bubble immediately. I don't think it's an indicator of how the bubble is going to work. They knew there were going to be positive tests there. Mm -hmm. I think what's going to happen, though, is as some of these people are held back in their cities, like Landry Shamit with the Clippers, for instance, 
he's going to need some more time. And in these training camps that are already pretty short, three weeks, I think you're going to see games in this quote-unquote regular season, these eight games, that players may not play in just because they haven't had a lot of time mm-hmm. uh, in those first few weeks. So I think, I think what this means for sure is that the basketball isn't going to be as good as if everybody was down there July 7th, 8th, and 9th and working out. There is definitely going to be a, a guy on this schedule, guy on this schedule, guy on this schedule. They haven't worked out together. So uh, the teams with the most camaraderie, uh, I think, benefit that have already had the camaraderie, but teams like the Rockets, let's say, if somebody can't play or teams that made big changes at the uh, trade deadline aren't as going to be aren't going to be as well off mm-hmm. yeah and like it's going to be interesting this week because as I said a lot of these teams are headed there to the bubble to go into it but per the league's health and safety guidelines any player who contracts the coronavirus must quarantine and then test negative twice before even being medically cleared to make the trip to Orlando so I say that because we could learn some more details about some of these teams um, in terms of who the players were. And they may not even be players, right? I guess they very well could be just personnel, like an assistant coach or someone else that is around the squad in the gym. So, you know, still they have to, you know, do twice negative um, on these tests before they can go too. But so maybe it's not the players, but we could see players not going this week is what I'm getting at here. Uh, even though the rest of their team goes there and they might have to sort of play catch up. Is that is what we... Uh, that's what we could expect, right, Trey? Yeah, there's still, you know, protocols that involve days worth of quarantine before they ever get to Orlando, before they even leave for Orlando. But still, when you see six or seven of the 22 teams have closed down their facilities, it's it's just alarming. It could still be fine. These could still be the players or the personnel picking up infections just in their mm-hmm. community, just like everybody else is in the United States. The question would be is if anybody has picked up the virus from being in the facilities now because that's a way bigger problem right uh, yeah. then you're already seeing the spread amongst teams which you would imagine would happen once everybody's into the same hotels and the same gyms once again in Orlando so uh, it'd be nice to hear a little bit more transparency from the league about how these tests have or how these cases have been uh, have been caught but uh, I don't necessarily know that we'll hear that mm-hmm yeah, Lee, what do you think? Well, well, just, uh, I mean, so trying to think about how many people are in a practice facility and how, how many teams and players have been in contact with each other right now and they're getting a lot of tests and shutting down facilities. I'm just worried that when you have a couple of hundred people and a couple of thousand people together in Orlando, this could so easily just derail this whole thing for the NBA because uh, you're going to have so many more people. I know they're trying to you know make sure everything's clean and hygienic and, and sanitized, but it just shows how easy... Um, you know, one of these sort of infections can just shut down that the team because the team, the fact that they're saying they're shutting down their practice facilities right away, they're not being, they're not taking any chances, of course, which is great. But what's going to happen once the basketball starts playing and something like this happens? Do they then just again quarantine that one player, or do they have to quarantine the entire team? So, I mean, it's one thing when you're talking about the Phoenix Suns, who we know aren't, are really only going down there to make up the numbers, but the Milwaukee Bucks, a championship contender. I mean, it's a, just a whole different situation down there. If, if, if let's say the Bucks and let's say Giannis and, and Middleton and all their star players uh, have to be quarantined when the games are beginning, I mean, that just then um, puts the whole thing in doubt, in my opinion. So um, it's, uh, it's, it's just going to be fascinating to see how long, if this even does get off the ground in the first place, and then again, what happens if we do have a, a serious infection? Because I think, it's, um, I think it's almost inevitable, really, to be honest, at this point. I just don't think you can keep it out. And uh, it's just going to be how the league handles that and, and, and what the sort of protocol they choose to use. Right, because look, we would all agree, if, this, if they were already in Orlando and then six of the seven teams um, you know, have to stop doing workouts and stuff like that because of uh, people testing positive, then yeah, then I think the whole thing is completely shut down. If this is yeah. happening in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Like Tass was saying, though, I think the league wisely maybe expected this to be the case with everybody in their home markets. And then you're right, Lee. It's like, we now just don't let anybody into the bubble until we are as 100% or close to 100% as uh, possible of them not having it. Um, the, tr- the question is, is that actually realistic at all? Um, I think that's what they're hoping for. With the amount of workers that we know who are going to be coming and going, I just don't know how you can virtually stop that. I know they're going to be tested and they're going to try to keep it um, as, as, again, as clean as possible. But if you don't really have a bubble, 
then I think you're just opening up the uh, the, the door for it to come in because um, it's it's just so hard to keep this virus out. I, that's what I'm seeing so far. I mean, you know, Phoenix, of course, is in Arizona. Arizona's had one of the worst, uh, been one of the worst hit states as well. So every single person who comes from that uh, from that team, I guess, is just at a higher risk of having some sort of, um, you know, having the, the, the symptoms of the virus. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it, but, but again, like it's, a lot of these teams are traveling this week or they're supposed to be traveling this week. So, yeah. you know, the fact that they've shut down facilities already tells me that we'll, I, don't, I think some teams won't travel for at least one more week. I just can't see why they would go ahead until they're all clear. Well, related news here, um, Shams from The Athletic reporting over the weekend that Victor Oladipo is choosing to sit out the restart in Orlando. He revealed this again uh, in an interview with Shams. Uh, it's, a, it's a great article, him giving his reasons why. Um, he did return, of course, from the ruptured quadriceps tendon injury. He played, what, like 13 games or something like that. Um, I know that feels like a lifetime ago, but he did return and he played and he was actually had a really good night or final game before everything shut down. But he's saying, uh, along with his, obviously, you know, trainers and stuff like that, that this, this may be not the right decision here because he's at more risk to other injuries to other parts of his body. Um, Trey, will one, were you surprised by this news? Do you think, I know there's some Pacers fans that are like, what? what? Well, he was playing. Why isn't he still coming? You know, we're, like, we're a good team. Uh, you know, it's like, we're not like the Wizards trying to just even get in here. Um, what do you think of this Oladipo news? I think it is surprising because Oladipo had just recently returned to the court. And, you know, like you're saying, Skeetsy had a really nice game right before the league was shut down. So it kind of you would think that he would just continue playing once the season came back and once uh, once everybody's cleared to be going five on five. But according to his trainer, uh, the quad tendon injury he suffered is basically a two year injury. So they think that coming back, playing 13 games, then sitting for three months, then coming back and trying to ramp it up again is really going to put Oladipo behind the eight ball and, you know, put him at risk for another sort of soft tissue injury. He's also going into a contract year uh, for next yeah. season, 2021, and he wants to be as healthy as he can so he can get as good of a deal as he can. It also behooves the Pacers uh, to allow Oladipo to, to skip out on the Orlando bubble because the Pacers aren't a huge free agent destination, right? They want to be able to keep Victor Oladipo. They want to be able to say, yeah, we support you. We support your decision. We like what you're doing. What you're doing is smart for you. It's smart for us. But they also kind of have to do it, right? They don't want to do something that's going to piss Oladipo Oladipo off, and then he wants to go sign with the Lakers or something like that. So it's surprising because we had seen Oladipo on the court this season, and, you know, it seemed like if he was able to get back to full strength, the Pacers would be – at the very least, a playoff contender, a team that could win a series, maybe a couple of series. So from that standpoint, it's surprising. But when you consider the holistic picture of things, that there's a lot of money at stake, that there are injuries at stake, it definitely makes sense. It's what's weird is, uh, by all accounts, he's going to still travel to Orlando. Mm. That, part is, that part's a little odd. I mean, especially when we've talked about like how you only have this 35-person party that you can have and... He's just going to be one of the guys of that 35-party team, um, you know, just, I guess, for morale and being around the squad. Tass, what do you think of the whole Oladipa news? Well, he wasn't going to be back to his old all-star self this postseason, no matter what. And uh, r- regardless if they play through March and April, he wasn't going to be right. His trainer had said so, and this hiatus just knocked him out. Um, that, that's what happened. He, he was definitely worried that the injury was going to, there was going to be a setback if he came back and tried to go full throttle for sure. And so as Trey said, that, that's where we are. Uh, I don't think he was ever going to be the number one guy um, th- this postseason. Like, he wasn't going to be back to his old self. So we're not seeing a contender go to a, you know, a mediocre team status here. I, I don't think there's a drop off. I think they were going to be, you know, up against it no matter what. And yeah, he's going to come hang out uh, just like other players who are, you know, sitting right now trying to get tested. They're going to join a little bit later uh, as Malik Andrews uh, reported that all the teams are going to go this week. And then, uh, you know, if Landry Shamit, you tested positive, you can come uh, next week. You figure it out. You got to travel by car. Uh, It's at your expense. So everybody's going down there. I'm sure Victor Oladipo is not going to be hanging out there from July 7th, 8th or 9th. Uh, but he'll come down a little bit later on. And, and really, this uh, this is the first instance, I think, of that we're seeing that the hiatus knocked a guy out and knocked a guy off of his uh, his timeline. 
Yeah, big a big name, obviously, Lee and Oladipo. The biggest name that yeah. we officially know that is not going. Yeah, yeah. I or mean, when play. he came when he came back, he had certainly some good moments, but he also did look rusty, you know, which is to be expected for a guy coming off that uh, nasty injury that he had, and and you know, for him to come after such a long break, then to be playing again, then to have another four or five months between games, I guess he just felt that he couldn't really gain a whole lot out of this uh, you know as sort of Trey mentioned there he wants to when he plays again he wants to show he's worth of a, a max contract because he's probably at his best he's around that area and I think in, in, a, in a situation like this where he's probably only going to be playing you know what eight games and then you know maybe two rounds of the playoffs perhaps he doesn't feel that's long enough for him to really get into his full groove and show exactly what he can do so he's taking the uh, safer approach and and you know I'm usually a person who says I think playing basketball is always better than not if you're capable but under these circumstances I think it's probably okay for him to take the uh, the safer option because as I say I, I sort of feel it could take a guy like that easily you know a month to six weeks just to get in the flow again and then then the, the season's over anyway so he might not just be able to really uh, demonstrate all he can do so uh, probably Probably a smarter option for him to do it this way, I think. But but also weird that he's even bothering going. So yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, not 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 sure exactly why he would do that. But I guess he I guess he's going to be involved in scrimmages maybe with his team and, he's and, a and team things guy. like that. He yeah. just wants to be their first team. I don't yeah. I don't think he's going to really play all that much. It's just going to be. I think I feel like when you when he was injured before, he was on the bench in his uh, blazer, rallying around his team. I think that's that's all it is. But. Yeah, a lot of guys don't want to go down there. Vic is saying, I want to see Disney World, even if it's closed. <laughs> go check it out. Well, and look, let's not forget, I don't have the Pacers going on to win the title by any means, but they were a good team without Oladipo. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, they racked up a lot of wins. Uh, obviously, you know, we've got Sabonis and you've got Brogdon and you got Turner and you're a well coached team. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's still going to be no easy out, even without Oladipo. I, they're, they're still a really good basketball team, or at least in theory. I don't even know what basketball is anymore. I, can't, I have no idea what to expect from any of these teams once we actually maybe uh, restart this thing in Orlando. Uh, other related news, I'll just throw this both at you guys. Um, a couple assistant coaches, Lionel Hollins with the Lakers and Jeff Bizdelic with the Pelicans. They are, in theory, not going to be going to the restart with their respective teams. And ESPN says Celtics' Gordon Hayward plans to leave the NBA bubble for birth of child. Uh, fourth, I believe, is fourth yes. kid. Yeah, his wife uh, is, um, is due, of course. And so he's looking ahead. I think uh, maybe she's due around September. But, you know, if the Celtics are still rolling, he's saying, well, I'm obviously going to leave to be with my wife uh, and the birth of my uh, fourth child. But then would have to go through all the protocols to get back in. I don't know if there's anything anybody wants to add to either of those if they're uh, surprised by any of that news there. Yeah, Hayward said it was an easy decision for him. Apparently Mike Conley is going to be having a child during during sometime uh, in August as well. Uh, there are protocols in place for players to be able to leave the bubble and then come back, which leads me to believe that there must be so many NBA babies that are planned for August and September, because yep. I mean, yeah. if they have the rules in place, they they must have known that there was going to be a you know a lot of offspring popping out uh, come late summer. Uh, I just wonder what the percentage is. Is it like more than fifty percent of NBA kids are born in the off season? I would have to think so. Yeah, <laughs> because you're saying like they're trying as much as they can to plan the calendar to yeah, they're like be I got off. three months yeah. off now. This yeah, is the time to do it. Yeah, someone we yeah let's get Kirk Schoolsbury on that or uh, one of the one of the Johns on that. Let's find out the birth dates of all the NBA players' children and what percentage falls in the summer. Oh man, I'm actually I would be fascinated to know that. It feels like Gordon. I mean, he's got four kids. This will be his fourth. It does feel like we've been through all four of those as well. You know, it seems like uh, it seems like every time he has a baby, we all know always know about it because he was. You well, know, they're all females, right? Well, that's right. I yeah. was going to say the reveal the last time he got a bit of heat because it looked like he was disappointed he was having another girl so i'm not sure what he's having this time i, I don't know if he did a reveal for it or not but uh, he looked like he was disappointed he was definitely <laughs> he was definitely disappointed <laughs> no, i'm, trying, I'm trying to be happy i'm, I'm trying to just daddy's I'm always nice happy because, uh, no one would be disappointed with any kid they have of course you're, but, you're right lee though i can't keep track of them do we do we know that the haywards know they're having another girl yeah, I, I, I honestly don't know. Yeah. I, I sort of feel it probably would have been on social media if they did the gender reveal again this time because he would have wanted to maybe 
you know, like say, look, I'm happy. I don't care what I have this time. Right. You know, right. I don't know. I'm just. It's gonna be a sun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one thing with all of this, I've I been... left a bubble for another girl. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> one thing uh, I've been watching with all this, I just find it a little bit fascinating, is how the NBA is branding this bubble ball experiment. Um, I don't know if you guys have been sort of watching it too. They really were going with straight up just NBA restart. But then there was um, there was like a little bit of a push for the comeback I saw. And now over the weekend when they released the scrimmages, because um, we're going to have like these pre-games before the actual seeding games um, and who you're going to be playing, they released that over the weekend. They hashtagged it whole new game. So, it's been going for a while. Yeah. Is that an Aladdin tie-in? <laughs> that's, that's a fascinating one. Whole new game. Just makes it sound like we're playing uh, different rules down here. Uh, but, yeah, they, they're, they're obviously trying to avoid bubble. Uh, you know, they're, they're not leaning into that. We've even heard Silver a long time ago say more of a campus experiment and stuff like that, or environment, <laughs> I should say. Uh, but anyway, just something to watch. Restart, come back, whole new game. Which one, Do you have a favorite task, or is there another one you'd like to see them try? <laughs> Yeah, everything just feels um, doesn't feel right at this point. I don't know. I, one hasn't really hit me quite yet. I don't have a good one. I don't have a good one quite yet. There are there. It just all seems like. Why are we branding it? I don't know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. How about the playoffs? <laughs> it's got well, a ring to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, moving on here. Uh, Mark Spears, ESPN, over the weekend, his sources say the NBA and union agree to a list of social messages that can be put on jerseys all right because we had talked a long time ago about the i would the idea of maybe the nba would put stuff on the floor and stuff like that and they might still um but i guess you're going to be able to put the players are this approved list of social messages that the players association and the nba um the league itself agreed on i won't go through all of them there's something like 40 but black lives matter say their names vote I can't breathe, justice, peace, equality, say her name. And again, it goes on and on and on. Um, what I thought was interesting from this, in, and, and there's some interesting ones. There's like group economics. It'll be, it'll be, like I think people are like, well, how many of the players are going to do this? If like a couple people on your team do it, then wouldn't you feel like everybody would do it? And what would you pick and all that? But sort of buried within the news, I thought, was... The messages will be displayed above the number, so like where you would normally have your name, during the first four days of the season restart. And then after the first four days or nights, a player can simply go back to their last name. But if they continue to, to want to show the message, then their their name would go below the number. <laughs> this, that part's all <laughs> very confusing, honestly. Like, So you can do it. And then if you want to continue doing it, then there's just a little rearranging. We'll have to put your name on there. Mm. Your name's going on there after yeah. four days, no matter yeah. what. You want to keep the message on there? Keep it on. It's yeah. up to you. Yeah. So I just, so I just wonder if, if that is for maybe to help the broadcasters, though, as well with the names. No, I'm just saying because, you know, if, if yeah. you're not courtside and you're trying to watch, I mean... I'm sure sometimes you have to just look at the number, you know, like it's, 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 there's a lot of players. Okay, I, I guess I would just, I'm, the counter to that would be then, why wouldn't you just do that right from the start? Right, right sure. A yeah. Add your social, me social message to your name, mm -hmm. but uh, mm -hmm. maybe it's more powerful without it at first, and that's why they're doing it for the first four days. Yeah. yeah. I, I like it though. I like, okay. I like the NBA doing this and uh, really leaving it up to the players to decide what they want. And, uh, and you know, if they don't want to do it, well, that's fine. Well, hold but... on, hold on. Sort of leaving it up to the players to decide what they want. <laughs> In, in what it's not mean? completely open. It's a agreed upon put, list. You can't put right. anything. There's yeah, nothing okay, about okay, defunding but, the police. There's nothing right. about police reform. And though, I mean, defunding the police is a huge tenet of the Black Lives Matter movement. So the fact that that's not even on the list, to me, mm -hmm. you're neutering the message right there. Well, yes. I mean, okay. In that, in that sense, in that particular statement, yes. But I think overall, I think they're trying to cover as many uh, different sort of, you know, phrases and sayings that they think can have an impact. And I, and I think that's, that's right. I think this is a good first step from the NBA. And perhaps they will consider adding more as well. I mean, I, you know, defunding the police, like, sure. Like if they, if people can add that, then why not? Um, so I, again, I think the NBA is making the right choices here, though, by saying, listen, we are serious about trying to bring more attention and not just uh, make this about the games and the championship and things like that. We are trying to bring the message out there and make it keep it on people's mind. So, you know, there's still some work to be done here, but I think this is a still a strong 
first step? I think it's important that everything looks different. And when you tune in in August and you say, a casual fan says, oh, the NBA's playoffs have started. Let me see what's going on. Sure, the names might be different, but I want to see the court have some messaging as well. And, and I'm I'm unclear. You guys tell me if the court is going to look any different. If there's going to be, think, me- I don't think we know yet. I yeah, I, and I, I would assume that that's not going to be the case. If uh, if these message, if there's a player's name or the this player, the slogan's going to be on a player's jersey for four days or not or more or who knows it it doesn't seem like it has been documented but the impact isn't going to come from names on the back of a jersey um again i'd rather see it on the floor but what's really gonna uh you know make an impact with police systems is what's going on behind the scenes and michelle roberts declared that uh the players union is doing something that will hopefully do that they're investing in research groups on police behavior and their abuse of power and they're sharing it with grass, grassroots organizations in those communities and then rallying people to elect the, the prosecutors in those communities that will do something about it. So the MBPA trying to do something on their own, that's actually separate from the NBA. They're trying to get the NBA to, to jump in on this and do it hand in hand. Uh, but that's the stuff that's actually going to make a difference with, mm-hmm. with this movement. And, and, and again, I think... This is to be a spotlight though, um, to just obviously put it in front of more people's eyes and in their minds more, these messages. But yeah, when you watch it, when you watch, like, when you watch a game, let's say on, on Christmas day and, and you, yeah, the jerseys are sorted different. There's a name on the back of the players or let all-star game is a better example. When they had like the, uh, the, the first name on the front of a jersey or the back of a jersey, I should say, like you need a close up to see that. You don't just see it on a wide angle and say, oh, BLM. You know, mm-hmm. like that's it's I don't think it's going to be that apparent. Well, if anything, my concern is what's going to happen here is with it, the, the the conversation, at least on Twitter. And I mean, I know you shouldn't put too much on Twitter, but it feels like it's going to be like, well, what player is choosing what message and what does that mean? And then, oh, now they're getting rid of it. Oh, and what that player doesn't even have one like that's then going to be totally losing, you know, uh, you're, you're not that's pointless if we get into these conversations. Do you know what I mean? And like, I fear that's going to happen, Trey, where it's going to be like, oh, oh, interesting. He went with that, but oh, why is he getting rid of it? And stuff like that. Yeah, people are going to care too much about what the players are choosing compared to actually what the things that they're choosing mean, which is why what Tass is saying, that the NBA PA is actually doing something in their communities to try and address some structural issues is more important than putting a bunch of names on the back of the jerseys. The best things that can happen for this are that people get inspired and do a little history research. You know, a bunch of pretty much everybody was laughing and saying, I am a man. Who's going to choose I am a man? Right read a history book, you know, like that's a a famous civil rights saying. I wouldn't be surprised if the entire Memphis Grizzlies chooses I am a man. Yeah. Do you think the entire league will have this? Um, I don't know. I don't know about the entire league. I think uh, a high percentage will, maybe 75%, but I imagine there'll be some people who just choose their name. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I I think overall you're going to have, like for the Lakers, I'd be shocked if anyone in the Lakers didn't have some sort of slogan because... You know LeBron is going to, and and you know as the leader, it's going to look a little bit awkward. I think, or a bit weird if if you know player eleven on the bench just has his name. I, so, um, I, I think I, I agree. I, I don't think there'll be maybe a hundred percent, but I think there'll be a, a very very high percentage of players mm-hmm. who 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 go that route because right now is the time where you really do want to make your voice heard as best you can, and if that's if that's the way you can do it uh, on a basketball court, then you certainly don't want to turn down that opportunity. But the league is giving the players a, a huge out by saying after four days you can take it off if you want. So I, I would guess that you know what's the the percentage of players going in on July 30th, 31st, and August 1st, their first games. It's going to be really high. But when it comes to August 15th, when the playoffs start, it's got to be a heck of a lot lower, right? But, I mean, I guess, but I, I don't know. My gut says like, why yeah. would you then remove it? I mean. Yeah. It's like you have it on there. It's not obviously affecting how you play by any means, unless you're super superstitious. Um, yeah, I just don't know why you would then take it off, Tass. I guess I that's, hear you. Yeah, I, yeah. I just this four game moniker is, or this yeah. four game little window is. I don't know. It's there for a reason, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, next headline here. Next piece of news. Jackie McMullen, ESPN. Sources 
Her sources say the NBA is discussing a second bubble for non-playoff teams in Chicago. Yes, there's uh, deep discussions on a another bubble. Lee, you're already laughing here. For the eight teams that were not invited to play in Florida. So this would enable them, in theory, to participate in like a mini training camp and maybe games against the other clubs um, with a target date of September. So this would be after the uh, Orlando bubble kicks off. Though Pistons coach Dwayne Casey... He took an informal poll among the coaches who are not in Orlando or headed to Orlando, and he said the majority of them would prefer just to have their own mini camps and not do this. Well, Lee, let's start with you because you're laughing at it. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a fan of a second bubble idea. No, I don't think it makes any sense whatsoever because you're not playing for anything. And let's look at a team like the Golden State Warriors, for example. Like Steve Kerr basically mailed their season in uh, you know, a couple of months ago. Now, who, so who are the Warriors going to send? They're obviously not going to send Clay and Steph and Draymond. They're just going to send like a, a summer league team. It'd be summer so, league, yeah. Yeah, so I, I just don't see what the point of them going out there to play. But I think they'd be better off just staying in their own cities and, and focusing on, on the players that they have there and trying to work them out. Because, again, a lot of these teams are probably already starting to think about what they're going to do for their rosters next season and, and who they're going to try to sign and who they're going to release. So I don't really see what they gain by going together and playing in a, in a mean of all the meaningless tournaments, whatever whatever this one is, if they have some sort of prize or champion at the end, it just doesn't make any sense. So I think right now it's a lot more important for teams as best they can to to not be together. You know, I mean, this is a risk in Orlando, and, and there's at least a prize at stake in uh, Chicago. They're, they're not playing for anything, so it doesn't really make any sense to me. Well, Lee, the reason they would do it, um, you touched on it. The Warriors are an aberration here. They've got three guys who are an all-star. They've got Wiggins, who was still a number one draft pick. I mean, he's probably the guy who would be most watched for a development uh, standpoint, you know, playing with a bunch of the Warriors just to see how he would fit in. But in general, that's, that's a completely different team. That's a playoff team who happened to have a really off bad season. The reason all these other teams would want to play is because they don't want nine months off. You say that they're going into summer, into the offseason. They need to make decisions about who stays around and who leaves. The league shut down right after the trade deadline. There are new personnel for these teams. So there's benefit to seeing how they fit together. There's benefit to basketball players who want to play basketball actually playing and seeing how they work together. So I think that that's the reason why all these teams in the loser bubble would want to play. They're not playing for anything. It's going to be expensive. I don't see how they're going to make money because who's turning on the loser bubble when there's actual no. games that matter happening? Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention the very last paragraph of this Jackie McMullen thing. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot just said that if you're from one of 15 states when you come to Chicago, you have to quarantine for two weeks. That affects the Warriors. That affects the Hornets. That affects the Hawks. So I don't know how they would actually do it if they want to get started around the same time. Yeah, it's interesting that it's they've picked Chicago uh, and – we talked to Lloyd Pierce on the podcast last week, Hawks head coach, and, and he was in the know. And he said, uh, well, apparently it's actually going to be done in August. And we know the hotel that we're going to be at already. And I would just assume why go to Chicago? Why go to a big, a big location like that? Why not just go in the middle of nowhere where there are a few basketball courts? Like it doesn't have to be, this prestigious event these players aren't going to go have fun and hang out it's just to get runs in with their teammates and play a few games it's there i don't even think they should be televised it's really just to go play and they're desperate to go play coach lloyd pierce said hey we're jack to go play jack mcmullen's article uh said that an all-star like trey young would go play there there are a lot of guys who want to go get a run in and not be um you know, sequestered for seven months without playing basketball uh, at a competitive level. So it makes sense, uh, I think, just as far as getting their legs under them and going to play. Um, but, it, you know, financially and, and as far as like television and all that, I, I, I say forget it. I mean, go play on Zach Levine's court in <laughs> Seattle where he grew up and had a, had a court and had, a, uh, you know, batting cages. Like, I think to me it's just find a place to go play and put the players in some sort of uh, sequestered bubble. Um, but it's, it, yeah, it definitely opens up more possibilities for the virus and, and it's, it's, it's odd to be thinking about it right now, but, yeah, Chicago doesn't make any sense to me. I, I would I would think that it would be, you know, in Brian Windhorst town in, in Nebraska, Omaha, which um, <laughs> oh, Omaha, Nebraska, I should say. But that being said, 
breakouts over there. A lot of food plants over there happening. A lot of the chicken plants, the Tyson food plants, they're everywhere. The breakouts are literally everywhere. But I, I, I'm not, I'm, I joke about that, but I literally, I think, uh, I don't know, this a whole big production doesn't really make sense to me. Well, none of this is going to, there's going to be no second bubble until we see how the first bubble goes. That's a given, right? They're going to see how it goes in Orlando. And if it is safe enough, then maybe they do re-explore the idea of going picking somewhere that's there's a court connected right to the hotel and you can basically just quarantine within there. You never have to leave and you just play all these other teams uh, that aren't going to Orlando. But until we see what the hell happens in Orlando, there's just no chance this really gets off the ground. And even I, then... And that's why I was weirded out that they seemed to know, like Lloyd Pierce seemed to know the hotel and where they were going uh, yeah. already. I guess the logistics of it all, you got to start planning it, but you got to start booking the hotel and getting this court ready and having the people. Yeah, but I just don't think it, of course it happens until they see Orlando goes. The other thing is like, why couldn't, like, do they all have to go to one spot to then play each other to get their runs in? Couldn't you just like, if you're the Hawks, drive to, to Charlotte and play Charlotte, you know, or vice versa? Like you just like these teams just in the proximity to each other and maybe it's a lot more safe doing it that way where they could just play a couple games against each other. If the whole point is to, like you said, just to get a run in and, and I think there's some value to that because I think these guys nearly having a whole damn year off of playing competitive basketball would be bad for them going into next season if there's a next season. Um, but I don't think you need to all go to one spot is what I'm getting at here. I yeah, think the if Hornets you want NBA competition, Hawks. just take it as easily as you can get it. Drive to Charlotte. So what if you're playing against uh, those oh, right. twins four times in a row, right? right? You don't need to play against four different NBA teams. You're playing against an NBA team. That's good enough. Or, or the Warriors could set up shop in Drake's place. You know, Steph and Drake are very close. Yeah. Every week we'll fly a new team there to play in the Drake Bowl <laughs> Drake against Bowl. the Warriors. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's got a nice ring to it, actually. All right, well, we got a lot more headlines here still to address, but before we do, a quick word from our sponsors. Fellas, are you prepared to unveil your summer bod? Because the sun is shining and the bushes must be tamed. Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. They have forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. This kit comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine you can adjust the settings on your trimmer to get any length you like keep it short like mugsy okay or maybe you like it a little grant long remember that dude yeah he played forever thousand plus games get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code theathletic at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two, yes, count them, two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, thank you very much, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. Great, Scott! That underwear sounds like it's from the future. High-performance anti-chafing? Amazing. So go to manscaped.com today and use code THEATHLETIC. In the United States, on average, it takes around 29 days to see a doctor. And guys, when it comes to sex, if you're dealing with erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. It's the one area of late night intimacy where it's better to be fast. And have I got some good news for you. Our friends at Roman have built a platform that connects you with a licensed doctor in your state or from the comfort of your own home on your schedule. Just log in and complete a free online visit and you'll hear back from a US licensed physician within 24 hours. And guys, if you're on a promise, you know that time is of the essence. We all do. If the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. And there's more good news. For guys who don't like commitment, then this is perfect because you can cancel at any time. So if it doesn't work out or is not right for you, then you can ghost Roman guilt-free. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com slash NoDunks for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com NoDunks for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Okay, this next one's interesting. Dave McMenamin um, from ESPN. Anthony Davis, he was on a Zoom call, and Tassie said the Lakers' NBA title chances are higher after the long rest. Yes, he says his... Uh, his team maybe has benefited from this time off. Uh, not not the other task. What do you think? 
not the other teams. They haven't benefited. Yeah. I think every every team has benefited. And so, yeah, if, if I'm an NBA player, uh, if I'm Anthony Davis, I feel great. As he said, uh, all of those little nicks and knacks of those injuries, yeah, he's, he feels 100%. Yanis Tetkumpo went out uh, just before um, the, the hiatus. He had a knee injury. He now feels great. I, th- I think uh, it, it's, it's universal. Everybody is feeling phenomenal. Um, if we're going to evaluate, if we're going to put this on some sort of grid, are the Lakers higher after a long rest? No. Uh, I, think, I think it's all, it's all – across the board, everyone feels great. And I, I think the, the benefit for the Lakers is they're great October 17th or wherever the season started, and they were playing good basketball in October, November – December, January, February, and March. That's the benefit. Same with the Bucks. Those two teams we should expect in the NBA Finals because I think the teams that are, are hurt from this are teams like the Clippers where Paul George was in and out of the lineup and you brought in a new player like Reggie Jackson. I, I think there, there's camaraderie building that needed to be done for those teams. But as far as like injuries go, yeah, they're feeling. He's feeling great. Everybody is feeling great because it's like they just had an off season. This, to me, the optimism feels like it's it's training camp again, and it's September, October, and everybody's you know gained twenty pounds of muscle and feels right. And <laughs> uh, um, yeah, they they should feel good. He should feel good, especially because he's on a winning team. But I, I think everybody's sort of in the same boat. Yeah, but what does this say about uh, Avery Bradley? <laughs> <laughs> what, what the hell, Anthony Davis? <laughs> You, can't, you, you've, you like your chances more? You lost the key guy, Lee. But no, I'm, I'm reaching here. Yeah, yeah, I'll, uh, yeah, a little bit there. But I actually think for uh, your Raptors, this has been great really for them because they've been clearly one of the most beat-up teams all season long. Uh, now, so to get you know three or four months, everybody should really be uh, ready to go. Marcus yeah. Holt trimmed down as well. Um, Norm Powell, who had had his best season, but he was in and out of the lineup so much with just these little uh, niggling injuries. So hopefully he's back. And the Raptors, for the first time, perhaps since the start of the season, I can't, I can't quite remember how they started actually, but um, they could have the full uh, fullest, healthiest squad they've had at all. And mm-hmm. um, I think that's great for them. And also the fact that they got a break just because they went to the playoffs in the finals last year, they do get now a little extended break. So, um, you know, I, I think the uh, the Raptors are, are in a good spot right now because if they come in healthy, I've said a few times, I think they're a dark horse to go back-to-back. And uh, because they've been there, they've won, and uh, they, they, they really do believe in themselves, and they're still a very, very good team. So I think that could be one of the teams that benefits most. But I agree with Tass that the Lakers, their chances are good coming into the season. The chances are good when we had the <laughs> right. shutdown. They're a good team. Avery Bradley's a good player. He's been good for them, but they're not going to miss him significantly much where it's like they can't win the championship without him. I don't think we know 100% Dwight Howard's status mm. for Orlando yet, so that would be a, a bigger loss than Avery Bradley. But I, I think, you know, Anthony Davis looks at LeBron and he said, that guy played 55 games in the 2018-19 season, came back and looked like an MVP. He's had another long rest. LeBron is getting two long rests in yeah. the course of, you know, 24 months. The guy's going to come back insane. And, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's been shut down for quite some time. Maybe... Maybe LeBron has opened his home gym to Anthony Davis, and those two have been working out together after some restrictions uh, were lifted. I don't know what's going to happen, but you know LeBron's going to come back looking good. The guy's got uh, the best possible rehab home court you can have amongst NBA players, so they're going to be fine. Yeah, Lakers, uh, one of the favorites, of course, to uh, win the title here if the season does officially restart. All right, next one's a little interesting. Uh, The Athletic, they... Uh, they had an anonymous NBA coaches poll, guys, where they were asking uh, a bunch of coaches out there anonymously, who are the league's best defenders? Get their views on the best defensive guys in the game. The coaches, uh, 33 in total, voted for their all-defensive first team and their all-defensive second team. The first team, guys, center was Rudy Gobert, forwards were Giannis and Kawhi, guards were Marcus Smart and Ben Simmons. Second team was Bam Adebayo was the center uh, with uh, basically the fewest points accumulated. The forwards were Anthony Davis and P.J. Tucker. And then the guards were Patrick Beverly and Eric Bledsoe. So obviously a lot of great defensive names there. I think a lot of the same names you'd quite frankly see uh, on the media's official vote for all first and second uh, defense. But Tass, was there a big surprise from these 10 guys that got the nod here or maybe an omission or two? Eric Bledsoe, I'm a little surprised. 
everybody's on high on the Eric Bledsoe train. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, uh, that was that was the kind of the one that stood out to me uh, across the board. It seemed like the right the right amount of guys or the right guys were were picked. Lee, you agree? Uh, largely, yeah. I'm a little surprised given the two seasons that Rudy Gobert had and Anthony Davis had that Gobert still got the nod. We know he's a great defender, of course. He's a defensive player of the year. But I think Davis... Oh, hang on. Well, if we've got Davis listed as a as a forward... Actually, yeah, it's Davis, classic. Uh, it's classic. Yeah, see that Even the coaches off. struggle I, with this crap. Yeah, yeah. That, that, to me, was just, again, a little surprise because Gobert, at times this year, I, I don't think he had his best defensive season at all. I think um, a few times when the Jazz struggled, a lot of it was because Gobert seemed to struggle. So, you know, and he might have just been having a down season, whereas Anthony Davis was largely, I think, tipped to be Defensive Player of the Year. So uh, for him to not even make that first team on this poll is is a little bit surprising. But I'm glad to see Marcus Smart in there um, because I think he is a, an incredible defender, even if he doesn't have all the stats to back it up. And so I feel that the coaches also recognize that. They're like, yeah, Marcus Smart, he does tons for the Celtics defense. And uh, good to see him getting recognition. And Ben Simmons, I mean, he he's a brilliant defender. So I was very happy to see him on the uh, first team. Yeah, Trey, Marcus Smart got the uh, most points for a guard. So the coach is obviously very high on him. Um, you know, he was coming in actually right after Gobert and Giannis, who led the way with the most votes. But were you shocked by anything? The Marcus Smart thing was interesting because there's one coach that said he would be the very first defender he chooses because just his tenaciousness and his versatility and, you know, being able to guard so many different kinds of guys. But then you look at the defensive player of the year voting and Marcus Smart got two points Two total points worth of votes. He got two third-place votes in Defensive Player of the Year voting because big man defense is so much more important than guard defense. And it really shows you once you're looking at the comparison between all defense teams and the actual Defensive Player of the Year. And that, to me, is where you see how much Giannis's defense has become underrated. You know, the guy's gonna could win MVP on his offensive performance alone. We know the Bucks are the best defense in the league, but... Uh, you know, I think uh, we have sort of bought into the idea that they have a great system and a great coach and a whole bunch of defenders who are committed to it. But the reason it works in the first place is because Giannis can do so much out there on the court, including what the coaches mentioned. The guy rebounds like crazy. Rebounding is the very end of defense, and Giannis is one of the best at it. Yeah, I, I would. I, I can't get too upset with these lists. I think, again, it would be pretty similar to how the media would vote maybe even ourselves but I will say I like I like PJ Tucker I love him I I think he's getting a little bit of a bump maybe it's sort of Marcus Smart like a little bit where coaches love it because he's undersized um so you're like wow that guy's doing that defensively despite not being the biggest at his position because I truthfully think when he's locked in first off Draymond Green is a better defender than PJ Tucker and he's better than a lot of these guys but the Warriors had a garbage year, and he didn't have a great year because what was the hell there's to really play for? And Paul George, I think, is a better defender um, than P.J. Tucker. So I would have both of those guys over him. And again, that's not a knock on Tucker. I just think those guys are better. And then, um, you know, you brought up Bledsoe, uh, Tass. You can make a case, I think, easily for a Lowry or a Drew Holiday. And oh, I know right. they did warrant some votes. Yeah, you can throw the homer out there. But <laughs> no, I hear to you. me, both of those guys are just equally as good at defenders as Eric Bledsoe, if not better, right? Yeah, I think I would squeeze Lowry in there because I'm a homer. Um, but uh, yeah, and Drew Holiday, this was, uh, he's one of those guys too that uh, he's going to turn it on like a Draymond Green. Um, maybe from July 31st to August 15th, that guy's a, a shutdown guy at times too. So uh, yeah, uh, some good some good guards out there. But yeah, it, I like the fact that the the um, the coaches didn't vote Draymond Green up there and just said, voted on reputation because. I know. I I kind of go against you on PJ Tucker. The the dude is. Oh, he's great. Yeah. The, the, you don't think Draymond Green's a better defender than PJ Tucker? I guess. I mean, he's yeah. I, he's a, he's a lot younger this year. This year they made the right pick though. PJ Tucker's yeah, playing yeah. three, yeah. four, or five. And sure. he, yeah, but that's that's probably why because he's the playing center. He's playing guard. He's playing forward for <laughs> for the right. Like it's like best rebounder. Hey, well, it's like they've got literally no other big guy. So it's like he's kind of doing everything for the Rockets. So. Right. Right. The best defenders do everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but there's no one else on the team. I mean, they've got like he—he's just sort of by, by default has to do all their defense for him. Oh, he's a good defender. He's a good. Defender. He's a great. Yeah. yeah, all of all of these guys, like we said, are there's yeah. there's absolutely no doubt. I did love. You know how we were talking about uh, steel highlights on the last beach stepping yes. podcast. There was a great line in this um, article on the Athletic, and I encourage you to go read it. 
Uh, one of the coaches anonymously said, anytime Kawhi's hand is close to a ball, he's coming up with it. There's no 50-50 with Kawhi. Yeah. There's a 95-5 with Kawhi. <laughs> Love that line. Especially because yeah. we were talking about those steel highlights and him oh, just yeah. taking cookies. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Oh, I thought yeah. you were going to add something yeah, to that. Yeah. <laughs> nah, nah, I love a good steal. I love a good steal. I might put a little compilation together later on on the, on the, on the tweets, maybe, of, Sky, of Kawhi just stealing the ball. It's great. Ooh, crazy, wow, crazy. this guy's tweet or teasing tweets now. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I'll see if I get to it. But, you, know, you go down those rabbit holes and you're like, man, people have got to see these again because people, everyone wants to see the dunks and the, you know, those sort of great plays. Show a man just going out there and just swiping the ball out of someone's hand. Look, I look. If you do it, I'm retweeting it blind. All right, <laughs> all right, so do all it. right. All, all right, right. Well, you like you like steals. Do you like video games, Lee? I used to. I used to love video games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've sort of like, retired. I, I I did say once I got engaged or once I decided I was getting married that I was going to retire from playing video games, and I've stuck to it pretty much. Wow, I you really sound like can't, Demar Derozan. I, yeah. He said uh, there's going to be people told him there was going to be video games inside the Orlando bubble. He said. I'm not 16 years old anymore. Wow. <laughs> wow. I can't picture you, Lee, playing video games. I have to ah, be honest. Yeah. I can't. Me and Eight Toes, me and Eight Toes played a whole like season on NBA Live when we were living together in Toronto. And that was when I kind of realized, like, you know, the weather was great. We're inside playing video games. You know, the weather was bad. We're inside playing video games. And uh, it just... It, yeah, it, but then you got to like... The guy's got eight toes. He's got ten fingers. He wants to put them to use. So you can I see mean, why he would want to play. You have some good Dominant battles. on the power pad. You have some good battles, but it's actually... It's it's a terrible thing to do before you go to bed because you get so sort of hyped up and so tense and crazy because it starts off fun. It starts off fun. Oh, man, I'm Gilbert Arenas. You know, I hit a game winner. Great. But then you're just like, I want to beat this guy. I want to kill him. I've got to win this game. If I don't win this game, I'm... So you were uh, playing against each other or yeah, with yeah. each other? No, no, computer? no. We were oh, always... Okay. Like, we, we went through and picked out like um, 15 teams each and then okay. sort of just battled. And it <laughs> wow, was, you had like a tournament. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We went to the end and, and he his team was... Uh, his best team was Phoenix and I was the 76ers with Alan Iverson. And uh, and, and I think I think eight toes won in seven games, the final. Because he put Sean, he put Sean Marion on Alan Iverson. He kept stealing the ball. Oh, steal yeah. highlights. Yeah, yeah. I think he juiced the uh, the defensive um, number, though, on Sean Marion because he just kept stealing it. And I was like, I, I can't believe he steals it every time. <laughs> if you could put a compilation of old eight toes using Sean Marion stealing the ball from your Alan Iverson uh, NBA Live player, I'll retweet that too. If you could put that up. Um, well, I asked that because we have some uh, video game news. This is coming from Hypebeast. This headline. Kobe Bryant... Zion Williamson and Damian Lillard are the NBA 2K21 cover athletes. Yes, there are three versions of this game. Trey, you're, uh, well, Tass, you sometimes dabble with 2K, but I feel like you only play like one or two games. I think Trey plays the most out of everybody. Uh, what do you think about the three people here selected for these covers? Some exec actually nailed it. I can't believe it. Some wow. suit was completely right saying each of our cover athletes represents different eras of the game of basketball. Damian Lillard dominates the court today. You can't debate it. He's had 60 twice this season, 50 twice this season. He has had a video game season. He's on the current gen. It's great. Yep. Zion Williamson, a standard bearer for the next generation of NBA superstar. He looks like a video game. You got to put him on the next generation. And what more could be said about Kobe? Kobe's Kobe. Put him on the Legends version. This is perfect. Yeah, I guess, can I be angry? Can I sound like a really old man and say, why do we have to have three covers? Back in my day, there used to be one guy on the cover of NBA 2K. I and mean, it's fair. Now there's, because you're right. You you said it exactly right. So Lillard is on the current version for like your PS4s and your Xbox Ones and Nintendo Switch. But then Zion is on the one for the PS5 and yep. the new Xbox, whatever mm -hmm. that's called, 10 or something X. That's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Uh, so that Zion one, you can't even play it yet. You just got to look at the pictures. <sighs> and I think and then, um, Kobe I think one is obviously like, a special one. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, countries have their own version. Yes. Like, you yeah. Know, like, I don't know if there's an Australian one. It'll probably have Ben Simmons and a Greek one will have Giannis and stuff like that. Yeah, they definitely used to have those. I, yeah. I assume they still do. Yeah. Uh, did you ever have a Bargnani cover, Tess? <laughs> I don't. Think yeah, I was. I was definitely <laughs> just thinking of that. In Italy, they had uh, what magazine was it with Bargnani on the cover? Their annual, the annual sort of basketball almanac. Bargnani right. was on it. 
Yeah, it's smart, smart branding. They're going to buy that over a Damian Lillard, I guess. Sure. Well, but these games, Trey, are exactly the same, right? Like, there's nothing new in the... Is there something different in the Mamba edition, or is it just a cover? Skeets, it's a hashtag whole new game. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's going to be a basketball game. It's going to be the exact same basketball game, surely. Now you sound uh, like an old man, Skeets. Well, I don't know. I'm asking the questions that no one wants to ask. You're getting you know? new rosters, bro. Come on, that's yeah. the most exciting thing. What you do you know? mean new you rosters? In, you, you can check update like, the versions. James Wiseman. Yeah, but somebody's got to do that updating. Uh, you get new jerseys. Maybe they'll have a bubble version. I don't know what all they're going to include. Oh, wow. uh, but I'm just excited uh, to get my copy spend two and a half hours updating my system before I'm actually able to play it and then put it in and spend hours looking for made up tweets that one of the four of us sent. Yeah. <laughs> Are we still in the game? Do we know? I, that's the I big know. change for 2K21. They put Lee in the next generation. Skeets, <laughs> oh. you're in the current generation and Tass, of course, is a legend. Oh, wow. Yeah. Tass, is the, Tass is the tweet you want to get. Or still EA Sports, we're in the oh, game. In the game, are we? <laughs> um, the covers, by the way, cost, uh, or the games, I should say, Dame fifty nine ninety nine Lee, right. uh, US Zion cover the next gen sixty nine ninety nine very nice and then Kobe, what do you think Kobe's costly? Um, eighty one man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know eighty five bucks. Eighty one up more ninety nine ninety nine oh. Lee, <laughs> crazy. Uh, that does seem a little crazy to me. Uh, not really. I remember. Uh, Blades of Steel cost like $114. I swear to God, Canadian at, at one point when it first um, came out. That's that with tax, version? 15%. Yeah, a lot of tax. You're right up there. Not 100 bucks. It's the exact same price, I bet. <laughs> uh, you know, you mentioned uh, Damian Lillard scoring 60 twice this year, Trey. I saw a line come out. If you if you are crazy, if you're a crazy animal and you want to bet on the bubble, which you shouldn't bet on the bubble, uh, but the line for a player scoring amount of points in a single game mm -hmm. in just the regular season is 55 and a half. You can bet over or under that line. Uh, under, under. Yeah, way under. Yeah. I don't know. Way I don't under. Know. You don't think one guy will go for, yeah, no. well, for 56? Probably no. not. And you know, a big, a couple reasons. One, you know, you assume everybody's going to be a little rusty offensively. I agree. The other thing is just minutes played. Yeah, they're going to go I, for something yeah, like that. What are they playing lot. for? Especially with all this news coming out that you might not be playing with teams. I think you're going to have more focus on practices and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, wow. That's a but, lot of But points. then again, like Harden, Lillard, like, I don't Save know. Save it for the playoffs. Yeah. I don't know. But, all right, so you so Lee and Tass hitting, you said 55 and a half for the yeah. seeding games. Mm-hmm. Trey, you got an opinion? You love points. Yeah, give me an over. Yeah. Give me an over. I think we'll get a 60-pointer from Lillard. I've been listening to every single show we did this season. Uh, and Lillard is really sticking out to me as a video game guy. So he's on the cover. Why not? Take the bet. I'm with Trey on this. Hit me with the over. Man, you got somebody uh, rocking like power to the people on the back of their jersey. Going for for fifty eight or something, fifty nine, sixty possibly. Oh, I love it. I'm I'm with you, Trey. I think we get it. I, I also so saw uh, something picking up heat on Twitter over the weekend. The idea that you know coming in, people are like, man, it's gonna be weird for these players to be playing in empty gyms. Maybe it's gonna be harder for them to shoot with all these wide open spaces. Mm -hmm. But then it flipped over the weekend, and people were saying, think about the idea of a practice player, somebody who's great when there's not as much pressure. There's not gonna be the fan pressure there. Maybe we get you know. I don't know. Huh. Karis Levert scored 50-something this year. Is a Plumlee going to go off in the bubble? <laughs> Only time will tell. <laughs> oh, I thought yeah. you were going to... What happens when Devin Booker gets double-teamed? Oh, yeah. oh, hey, double you can't double-team me. Here's no fans here. It's like a practice game. Uh, what were you going to say, Lee? I thought you were going to say something there. Plumlee, you like Plumlee's chances? <laughs> uh, no, no, I don't like Plumlee. I'll, t I'll definitely <laughs> take the under on Plumlee. Okay. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I guess I guess you could flip it the other way, that defenses won't be locked in, it'll be a bit sloppy out there. So a guy I, see, I think defenses are going to be better than the offenses. I, How I many times have we seen a 56-point game this season? How many times? I don't know. Six? Ten. I don't know. Somebody stall while I do a quick well, search. I mean, <laughs> Lillard's I mean, Harden, done a couple. Harden's Harden's, done a couple. Yeah. 
Yeah, put me down. Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal had twice. Five. He had fifty. Right, 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 right. Just we've had six fifty-five plus. So fifty-nine or more. We've had four times. Lillard and Harden, and then Harden did a fifty-five, and like you guys were saying, Beal fifty-five. Yeah. So it's got to be one of those two guys. It's got to be Lillard or Harden. I love your reasoning, Tass. I'll even to give you maybe another reason why that would be tough to attain, especially in the seeding games or even in any of the games to go that many points. I'm still very curious how these games are going to be officiated with no fans. Um, and what I mean by that is maybe they are, maybe more things are uh, being uncalled, right? There's just a lot more contact, possibly. I, I have no idea. Maybe it's the opposite, but my gut says it will be that. Because um, it, it's, it's, it is going to have that vibe a little bit of almost like a pickup game or a practice game. You're not going to call every damn whistle um, unless you're Phil Jackson trying to send a message to somebody uh, mm-hmm. on the team. So. Yeah, maybe you can't get. Maybe you won't be able to rack up those points at the free throw line. Though that said, you get to the free throw line, Lee. Maybe the percentages are higher. Yeah, but wow. you, you can't. You can't go to Joe Borger in Secaucus because he's not going to be there either. No, anymore, so. no. Is it, are you? Are they going to be able to go to the replay center though? I guess they will. I, I mean, are they going to have coaches? Coaches challenges as well for these last regular season games. <laughs> oh my god! I think they are. Oh. A lot of question marks. A lot of question marks. Yeah, Joe Borger though retired. Um, yeah. After a long, long run, he won't be in that replay center. So when we get that one shot of them there, is, this, is it? Is he retiring immediately? Is there? Oh, or yeah. is he, the we're going to get a farewell tour in Orlando. I, I, I thought he was done. I, I thought he was done immediately. I, oh, I believe. I mean, wow, unfortunate, unfortunate. Yeah. All right, well. Lots to be decided here. Still down in Orlando. We'll call it there for today, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Beach Steppin' coming up this week, so email us your questions, nodunks at theathletic.com. Tweet them in at nodunksync. We got a lot of fun podcasts lined up this week. A few guests in store. Um, we got another squad episode in store. Look, I'll just throw it out into the world. Let's see what happens. Uh, so, yeah, stick with us. Make sure you subscribe to the No Dunks podcast wherever you listen to it. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Dwight Howard has never missed a free throw at practice. He's going to go 100% from the line in Orlando if he's there. Embrace the day, people.